I think the way you have to think about it is that like agencies are essentially sales departments and agents and are sales people. Um, and they're working on commission, most of them, and they're going to go, they operate within what is the easiest for them to make a sale and who is going to make, you know, the most sale for them. Um, and so my- Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. Hey, it's me. It's Q4. Got to bring up my Amazon seller tribe. Um, this is probably, you know, one of the last chances you're going to get to join this year. So I'll, I'll run this for a couple of weeks. But um, the, the good news is you could still get in, right? They are allowing people in. But at some point, they're going to cut it off. So I suggest you join today. Try it with 14 days for free. Okay, so you don't like it. You don't get value. Drop. Um, however, don't only measure on the value of what you're buying. Measure on the value of the impact it has on your business. And what I love about this group, the Amazon Seller Tribe, is the amazing way they invest into your business. They will help you with all the questions. Go out and check out uh, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum dash arbitrage. Look at the testimonials. Those are real people. Reach out to them. Right? You can kind of figure out who they are and go out and figure out uh, and ask them, is it real? Are they really helpful? Will they help my business? And you will be blown away. Again, you get 14 days free if you join through my link only. And they do pay me, so I don't want you to, I don't mislead anybody. Um, but I believe in them. I'm in the groups. You'll see me and you'll get to talk with me too. So amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. I know it's a lot. Momentum hyphen arbitrage. And you're going to get 14 day free trial on the daily find list. Make a purchase. Get your money back and then say, huh, I can do this again. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum arbitrage. They are going to close it. Q4 is here. It's going to happen. Get ready. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 415, Daisy Pollard. Um, very cool conversation. Um, when she approached me, I, I thought about, you know, whether, you know, I guess I've done some of these talks about photography and what it takes before. Um, but there's just something different. And what was, there's a couple of really cool things that come out. First off, her phrase, um, real use drives sales. And I'm putting that in a title because it is something that I think if you're trying to stand out and she explains why it works, especially from a female perspective. And, you know, me as a guy, I struggle with this, but it makes sense what she's saying, that real use. That's what people want. They want to see themselves using that product. Um, they want to be, they want it to relate to them. And I think she does a really good job. I'm struggling explaining it, but I think she does a really good job uh, and, and gives some examples of what it takes um, to really stand out today. Um, second thing that was really a big surprise for me was the pricing that their company has. It is way reasonable way reasonable. Um, and so I, I have the link there. Um, I mentioned the link. Um, very good uh, pricing. Uh, compare it against what you're paying now and see if there's an opportunity. Let's get into the podcast. And welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Excited about today's guest uh, because it's interesting. She's had two significant careers, maybe three. I don't know the third, but two that I know of in her life. And they do seem opposite, but related in, 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 in an odd way. Um, and uh, I'm really interested to find out more. Daisy Pollard. Welcome, Daisy. Hi. Thank you for having me. That's accurate. Those two uh, careers are a little different, yet they're related. Fair? Yes. Yes. Very much so. And I can explain to you the connection and how it all fits together. I think you're going to have to because I think people yeah. are going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. Do you want me to start? Or? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I started off um, as a teen model and uh, working in New York and doing all the catalogs and you know, smiley, fun stuff, the mailers that you get in the mail. Uh, and then I event I, a little bit later. I did this through, throughout my college and and um, into my mid twenties. And then in my mid twenties, I uh, got I really lucked out, and I was elected as a delegate at large to represent Jamaica in the Miss Earth, um, the Miss International, and the Miss uh, Asia Pacific International pageants. So they are respectively held in the Philippines, China, and Japan. 
And that opened up a lot of doors. I uh, continued modeling in Asia and also um, was able to turn that into a lot of other business opportunities and uh, speaking opportunities and appearance opportunities and so forth and so on. And, and I, at the time, started a small um, boutique agency slash production company. And what I was trying to do at the time was... Uh, what what is now considered like influencer style mm. work and and direct to consumer marketing for uh, smaller brands that were emerging out of Los Angeles, and now there's a very clear category definition and industry for that. Back then there wasn't, and um and and interestingly we did pretty well, uh, even though we were way left field and and people thought we were a little weird. And um, since then I continue to uh, hone the idea, the business model and so forth. And as technology has advanced and and entrepreneurship has become more of a common thing, uh, and uh, especially e-commerce entrepreneurship, um, I created a site called My Product Model. And what we do is we work with e-commerce brands to create creatives for them, um, mainly through like product shots and you know, for their Instagram feed, lifestyle, for their uh, Amazon feed to really show their customers how their product works, uh, best use cases for their products, and, and basically to help them sell the products better. Um, and, you know, I've created a business off of that. Um, and I'm involved in it in many different aspects. And from running it to I still do a lot of the modeling for um, some of the products and clients that we have. Um, to organizing a lot of the other models, and sometimes I play photographer. So every day it's you know different hats. So I'm going to go back because uh, that's a lot, um, but it is all connected. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, and I'm I'm fascinated right now. I'm actually fascinated because uh, you didn't quite mention that you were also a Miss Jamaica. Um, yes. Uh, so you made it the full full gamut. So um, what what was interesting you said early on you talked about how you did a lot of or you were being photographed as a model. And what I think you inferred was that you were representing other people's products, right? You were the uh, the face there holding a glass jar, a bad example, uh, my water bottle, right? You would be that person, mm -hmm. correct? Am I, yes. Okay. So yes. that's how you're taking, you know, your skill, which obviously was um, beautiful and you, you, you know, you can do all that stuff that they do, but then you paid attention and saw the way they were presenting it, the photographer. Were you always attracted to taking pictures too? Uh, yes, and I will tell you something very interesting. When I first started modeling, uh, and there wasn't a lot of opportunities for girls like me because, you know, I am a minority, I'm biracial, I'm a mixed race, and there wasn't just like a lot of cookie cutter opportunities. And so uh, what I started to do very young was just kind of create my own, what we now today call create your own content. I would create my own content and I would duplicate the shoots out of magazines. And this is still back in like 35 millimeter. And I would set up the camera and sometimes I would have like my friend or my boyfriend or somebody take the pictures, but sometimes I would just do it myself. And what and was you, what were you going to do with that? I mean, what was that just to, to hone the craft maybe? Um, to market. No, I was like marketing myself. So vertical integration oh. at like 14 years old, I understood vertical integration. So I would like make my own comp cards. I would package myself the way that I thought I should be marketed. Um, not just as the accessory or the other girl in the shot, but as like the main subject and to prove basically to have proof of a concept that I could sell products and that my <laughs> look could sell products. And so your product was you. you and my selling. product was me. That's hilarious. And oh, I was so like, smart. I started doing that at like 13 years old. So, <laughs> you know, as I sit and I think about this, this is exactly what influencers, influencers are. You are correct. You were doing this way before it was popular to be on the gram. Yes. Yes. So, so, I mean, the common sense uh, thing when Instagram happened and Facebook and all that, I mean, I assume you were you gravitated right there because that was like, hey, that's my idea, right? Yeah. So um, the first thing, the first iteration was MySpace. And oh, MySpace wow. was really great for me because it was right at the time that I was doing Miss Jamaica, the Miss Jamaica stuff. And I was just like, Oh, this is great. And <laughs> I, you know, printed out my page. I had like tons of followers and, um, and I would just create 
you know, things to sell or businesses and, and, you know, photos, I would create photos of myself and put them on posters and, you know, use uh what was that? There was a famous, like a print on demand company at that time that I would use cafe press or something. Yeah. 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 I and, remember that. Mm-hmm. and to like cater to my fan base. And then I would directly market to companies that were small, but I knew they could benefit from having like a spokesperson or new photos and stuff like that. And I remember one time I was like, I would hold, I hosted a, I pr- produced and hosted a bikini car wash with just tires. <laughs> and, and, and right in the middle of like, I was competing, getting ready to compete at Miss Earth. So it was all environmental awareness and stuff like that. And I was like, and then it was Hurricane Katrina. And so I tied all that together in the middle of Los Angeles. And it has nothing to do with Jamaica and has nothing to do with Hurricane uh-huh. Katrina and the Philippines. And, but I just tied it all together. And, you know, I had this like, just tires to sponsor and and created these images in the bikini car wash and we raised money for charity and you know and did some marketing and everything so it was great and and I've just always been that way like very entrepreneurial in um within the modeling aspect I think a lot of people think that modeling is something that you're just you sit and you wait for someone to choose you and that is exactly what it's not um wait no hold on a second I just want to make is it I I just want to make sure I'm clear on this is it all models think the way you do, or are you an outlier? As you're sitting there, you're like, huh, I see how that works. Huh, I see how this works. Or are all models that way? Because that's where I think, I mean, I would think that most people, yeah, hurry up and wait. You know, you hurry up and wait. You know, you wait all day. Somebody does your makeup. Okay, get in there, do your thing. You get off. You got to wait until they're ready. And you're, But it's not that way, or not all are that way? Um, not all are that way. And okay. I think that what happens is, you know, the, the origins of modeling actually wasn't that way. Models were, there were very few of them and they were very entrepreneurial because there was no industry for it. And when there became an industry for it, it quickly got consolidated with gatekeepers. Mm. And so then it got consolidated with, with agent agencies, you know, handlers basically, um, that could justify their services for a fee. And a lot of times that fee was a good percentage of what the model is herself was making. Um, and so there was there was a reason for you know people to come in as gatekeepers and 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 try to control the the modeling world and the women that were making like a lot of money. There was very few women at that time that were making you know that amount of money and and of course that just can't happen. So um, you can't have that. That's just too much. And so I think originally it was very entrepreneurial. And then and then when the industry organized and got consolidated. Um, it became a, you know, you, we choose you, you don't choose mm. what to do. And, uh, and if you get chosen, then you hurry up and wait. Um, and, and I think very early on, I had learned and researched the history of like the first models and, and the first agency and, and how the industry evolved. And I was really interested in like you know, Charles Revson who started Revlon and and how he started and how he started using models in the ads and 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 how he controlled that relationship and and it just got me thinking you know um and then ever since i just came up with different iterations of how to service clients actually provide a service and also promote and market myself and and create space for other people that don't that are not traditionally, you know, accepted in this industry or don't necessarily have a lot of opportunities and so forth and so on. Hmm. You know, I sit and I think about, like, I know you ever listen to podcasts. I would listen to Joe Rogan a bit, and he talks about uh, comedians and how Mm -hmm. back in the day, it's exactly what you described. There was a gatekeeper. You had to go on Jay Leno or Johnny Carson or whatever to be found, right, to be heard, to be seen. And now... All they have to do is create a podcast and create, you know, they're in charge of their career for the first time in their life. Is mm-hmm. it is it what you see now in the model industry, um, the same thing where where most models have to take charge of their lives as opposed to those big agencies, even when they're working with an agency? Yes, absolutely. Um, because there's, we call agencies like portfolio holes because basically huh. they're just walls of com cards and, you know, they see the model once. And the model comes in for a Polaroid maybe, and, you know, maybe they spend some money on a comp card and, and then you never see them again. You know, maybe they get called once a year, maybe once every two years. And so, um, I think the way you have to think about it is that like agencies are essentially 
sales departments and agents and our sales people. Um, and they're working on commission, most of them, and they're going to go, they operate within what is the easiest for them to make a sale and who is going to make, you know, the most sale for them. Um, and so models really have to think about how they can market and promote themselves and how they can change the, the relationship between the agency and them for their own advantage, because the, the agencies aren't thinking about them as an individual career, you know, as an individual person with a career. So I think it's very similar. And, and I actually now today look at comedians, um, actually quite often at how some of them are marketing themselves and creating opportunities for themselves, um, with their unique skills. And I try to adapt that or apply that to my career and my industry, my business, like my product model as well. Yeah, it makes sense because, again, you know, a model, uh, just like a photographer, but a model has, is an art, right? They're, you know, it's not just easy to take a picture. You know, they, there's, there is an art to it, you know, and so they have to get out there and market themselves. I love it. I'm sitting here thinking about now, is this all applicable? Because most people are like, well, Steve, okay, great. What does it have to do with e-commerce? Well, all your products need to be, you know, we're going to talk about that. But if, if I'm a brand, if I have a product, we have to think about it the same way correct? Yes. So let's talk about that. So, um, well, if you're a brand and especially if you're a commoditized brand, meaning like, you know, you're trying to compete on the Amazon marketplace or, uh, eBay market, a number of them, Amazon, eBay, you know, um, you have to figure out how to differentiate yourself from the other people. Um, and I'd like to take the example of like the garlic press, you know, the joke in the e-commerce world and, and the Amazon and the Amazon ecosystem is that the garlic press is the number one product that new e-commerce entrepreneurs go to to sell mm. first, you know, and <laughs> when you go through Amazon and you type in garlic press, it is ridiculous how many of the same images pop up. And, and then you start thinking as a consumer, do I really need a garlic press? What, what's the difference between these? I'm just going to get the cheapest one. Um, but then, you know, somebody in, thinks about, oh, well, how can I show my garlic press differently? How can I show what is special about this garlic press that no one else is doing or even has the, maybe doesn't even have the resources to do? And so then you'll, there's a few people that have like some outstanding um, e-commerce photos, you know, the, within the Amazon requirements of it being on white, they just got really creative with how to use photography and how to use post-production, whether it's a Illustrator or even like Canva, to create um, a story, you know, with that image of why this garlic press is the best garlic press for you to buy. Well, could you elaborate on that? Because I think that's really key. What you're saying is that some people have figured out to stand out kind of like yourself right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk us through what you've seen or some of the outliers are doing? Oh, yes. Um, so I liked the most popular, I think, topic of, of uh, common, that's common right now is uh, Instagram, mm. right? Um, because there's, you know, every e-commerce entrepreneur is like, I'm just going to make an, a, an Instagram page and I'm going to put all my photos that are on my Amazon page, on my Instagram page, and then I'll get sales. And it does not work that way. Mm. Um, and so some of my favorite um, e-commerce brands that are really stand out with their Instagrams are, um, I talk about this in my book, is like Miss Lola, Fashion Nova, um, Hot Miami Styles. You know, these are all fashion, but in every category, there's somebody like this that's just doing really exceptional um, product photography, lifestyle photography, where they're selling you the dream, you know, um, and these are commoditized products. All these clothes are coming from China, from the same factories as anybody else, but they're selling you a dream. What? what yeah. Stop there a second, because when you said that, I, I want to understand what you mean. So do you do you then have to sit back and say, okay, this is what my product is. It's Steve's water bottle, and I want, you know, the the optimum user is going to be that bike enthusiast who's mountain climbing, but whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And then that's the vision I cast, is that, am I right or am I far off? Um, no, I, I think you're right. You're in the ballpark, right? Okay. It's like, so you have that water bottle and, and maybe you are, you know, when you develop the product, you were thinking about the athlete, right? And so you thought about how the bottle will fit in the athlete's hand or how it fits on the bike. Um, um, and you, you have this image when you're creating a product, you can't not have an image of 
what you see that product how you see that product interacting with the real world. And where I think a lot of people fall short is that they don't interpret that into the product photos. Mm. They think, oh, my customer will get it. Um, But your customer doesn't get it because you didn't tell your customer to get it. And so then you have to think, okay, well, how am I going to get this um, water bottle in a shot with somebody on the bike? And, you know, when we think of biking, we think of Lance Armstrong, right? We think of uh, the Tour de France, right? And, And so you want you that athlete wants to be hydrated and how can you create that image where the water bottle and that the the athlete are interacting in a way that says to the consumer if i have that water it's going to hydrate me because i am i'm not doing what that biker is doing but and so if it, it takes care of him it's going to take care of me um that takes a lot of creativity and a lot of planning to come up with that to materialize that. So, so let's let's take that a little step further. How do you start that approach? So, exactly what you said makes perfect sense to me. How how do you go about that? I come to you and say, you know, Daisy, I have this unbelievable water bottle, and you know, it, can you walk me through some of the some of the process that you would take and your thought process around it? Sure. So, um, let's say it's let's stick with the water bottle example. Uh, you reach reach out to us and. You have this water bottle and show me, you know, the specs or if you have the product, you send us the product. Um, And I really pick your brain about, well, where does, who is your market? Um, Is it moms on the go? Is it athletes? Um, You know, is it uh, young people? Is it hip and trendy? Are you competing with the, uh, what is that, uh, uh, claws? sparkling drinks or whatever oh, yeah, 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 yeah. White claw. oh my god <laughs> yeah, white so claw. yeah yeah what are you who, who are you competing with <laughs> you know and and I, I hear i hear you out and what you and i try to give you reference points uh so my job is to really stay immersed in popular culture um and and it does help that i have a historic context when it comes to um product origin stories right oh, yeah, and, sure. and where they originated from and i'm really fascinated with that so I try to pull from those as as you know someone is sharing with me what they envision happening, and then um, together we put together a a storyboard or some a spec you know of um, ideas that they've gathered from the internet. Do they Google? You know, maybe they, everybody always has a brand that they want to emulate. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. always have it in their head. You know, who who do you admire? What are you trying to create? Who are you trying to be like? And and it's not an insult to say. I'm trying to be like so-and-so and so-and-so. Um, it's it's just inspiration because your product, at the end of the day, your image is not going to come out exactly like White Claw, right? It's going to come out, even if you try to duplicate every aspect of the photo, it's not going to come out the same because we are different people. We have different energy. We know it would take an immense a budget to really duplicate something that's already existed, especially if they have that kind of money. Um, and so... I try to pull what you're most inspired by out and find ways to recreate it. And and then, like, I kind of try to spec it out for you, like, uh, you know, explain to you what it's going to look like, um, wh- how we're going to do it, you know, break down the process of what we're going to do. And um, and then, you know, once it's greenlighted, then we actually shoot it. And um, and so that's that that's how it works with us. Um, mm. We really, t- you know, hold your hand step by step um, once it, especially if this is your first product, um, with some of our clients that have been working with us for a while, we know their brand story, we know what they're trying to do or what they're what they want to continue doing, and so then it just becomes, you know, a simple ordering process, and we're just recreating the wheel for them. Um, so, you know, that's how, but that's how the relationship begins. Okay, and, and so as I think about that, there are different uh, there are different types of photos, right? So Steve's water bottle. There has to be, you know, product photos, but there are other things. There's marketing photos, right? They're different. And so can you mm-hmm. talk about the different types of photos? Because um, I'm very intrigued by this. Yeah. So there's the product photos, like you said, and those are historically, those have been the photos that you see on white, you know, white background, psych white. So you can, doesn't have a, you know, any lines, like no beginning to end. It's just the product on a white background. Um, and then there's marketing photos. So there's the banner, like a lot of people use like WordPress or Shopify sites and they have like the big banner going across the top. So those are the marketing photos, you know, maybe you're going to make a brochure or for, uh, 
for brick and mortar reasons or for, you know, in-person marketing. And that's different, correct? That's different, yes. And um, and then there's Instagram and then there's Facebook and, you know, and Pinterest and Snapchat and all that stuff. And in and, and a lot of ways, some of that, some of the content can cross over, but in a lot of ways, the ecosystem of all these platforms are very different. And so mm. the, the audience responds to different types of images. Um, Instagram is by far the most differentiated marketplace for content and for, you know, content marketing. Um, and so you are always shooting something different for Instagram than anything else. Well, give me an example. Uh, so what would be, what would be, you know, let's go back to my water bottle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on Amazon, I have to have my main image has to be on a white background. It's a picture of my water bottle, right? It shows that beautiful. Uh, the secondary ones would be more lifestyle, right? You would have, you know, you could see it on a, a guy on a bike drinking it, whatever, that kind of thing, right? I get the Amazon piece. Yeah. What would be the approach for Instagram for that exact example? Instagram on one end, one example is that it's all about real use. So that's why influencers real do use. so well, real okay. use, like real who's really use. using your that. product, right? Who's really using your product, right? Uh, and, and so even if it's only on your feed, like you don't have like a team of influencers yet and you're on your feed, you want it, people want to see it, the water bottle, in as if it's really being used, right? And they don't want it to be directly salesy. So there are, you know, the photos where the, the influencer or someone is just holding up the product, right? But what performs better is if they're holding up that product when they just finished biking yeah, up Runyon yeah, Canyon right, right. or something like that, right? Um, those do really well. And that is that is how the, the meat and potatoes of how Instagram um, and content marketing on Instagram really works. Um, the other side of it is, uh, like with, I'll exp- expand a little bit outside of the water bottle and say like cosmetics, right? So some of the most- Which I know cos- a lot about. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Come oh, on. You I'm like, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> so um, with cosmetics- what is what what works really well is not just saying oh this product does great for your skin um but seeing the product alongside other brands products right because the the female consumer does not just use one brand for everything and so you're duplicating what someone's vanity really looks like in real life and you're inserting your product in there oh. um or and or you are using real people, showing real people applying the product like in real time on their face. So um, if it's an eye cream, you know, like there's a lot of shots of like uh, the the consumer on one eye putting the eye cream under the eye and it hasn't fully absorbed yet and then holding the product, you know, uh, casually in her hand. So it's not about selling like I'm holding it up like a like I'm endorsing this product. It's, it's, you're holding it casually. It's so it's like a, a slice of life moment. It's like okay. in the moment. A snapshot. Yeah. I don't know natural. what eye cream is, but I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> um, no, but it makes sense. So because again, you're back to this, I wrote this down. Real use. Real use. Real, Real use. use. Ooh, I've never heard it put that way. I love it. I love yeah. that. Should can that. I like that. <laughs> um, let's talk about, um, I'm going to do some product photography for my water bottle line and I can't, I'm, a, I'm, I'm bootstrapping it, Daisy. I got no money, right? So I'm, I'm bootstrapping it. What's the approach? What's the best approach for somebody new who's getting started and they're bringing the product to market? Um, what's, what's, what do they need? What, what do you recommend? Um, I really think that they need a content partner. Um, oh. I think a lot of people uh, try to do the first thing out the gate when someone's starting to launch a product is that they, try to do it themselves, right? Um, the first thing they go, oh, I'm going to do everything myself. And and I actually, we actually had a client, we get several clients like that, but one in particular I'm thinking about at the moment, you know, wanted to do t-shirts and they spent a lot of money on the product and then they tried to do the photos themselves and they got zero sales. Um, and they were spending a lot of money um, doing like Instagram marketing and Facebook ads and, and uh, Instagram ads and stuff like that. And they were not converting at all. And they were giving a lot of t-shirts away to uh to people that they thought were going to create content for them or uh you know influencers um but because the the feed itself did not have any good content on it no influencer with a substantial following or that did this professionally wanted to create content for the brand because you're the people that you're working with are a reflection of you and so i really recommend that people that are starting a new product 
even if it's like an a la carte, you know, it's not maybe like an ongoing thing because it's their first product, but they, they do work with a content pro- partner to figure out how to best showcase that product. Um, I think it's you're not in love with the product. I think that's important, right? You're not in love. Like I love my water bottle. Uh, I'm telling you, Daisy, it's going to solve world peace. I mean, it's the best thing. I'm in love with it because I created it. You get to take an objective look, right? And say, yes, this is what works. Yeah. So that's, that's valuable because again, you know, my mom's going to say it's the best water bottle ever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) We get a lot of that. Oh my God. When I first started, especially, you know, um, a lot of people just like in love with their products and in love with their ideas. And they had spent like lots of money trying to uh, trademark and patent their, their, their products before they even sold anything. And, and, you know, and it's, it's like, they spent so much money and they didn't even have a good photo of it or a good, you know, example of it. And so, yeah, people are, they don't ask, they just, they don't look outside for feedback. They just go with like yeah. everyone else. Says everybody who agrees with them. Right. I mean, it's like, that's yes. all I want. I want everybody to tell me how great I am. That's all I want. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about a couple more things that were in your, your uh, topics that I like uh, to talk about because some of these I'm confused on stock photos, manufacturer photos and original photos. And I think because, you know, like for example, we have a client that we're getting ready to help bring to retail. So we have to go at it from a completely different approach because it's it's a wholesale. Now we're going to sell it wholesale to somebody else. And it's such a different approach of marketing for us. And so, you know, we have to build this catalog, if, if you know, lack of a better term, uh, to, of uh, or to represent a product sheet for each one of these and then put it in some kind of form to present to them. That's way different than what we're, you know, th- we're not showing real use for that. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about those stock photos, manufacturer photos, and original photos. The differences. Mm-hmm. So stock photos. Um, if you go on like a Shutterstock or a Deposit Photo, you know you can download or purchase a, a photo of someone you know brushing their teeth. Or it's it's nondescript. You know it's a person brushing their teeth, and you can use that in a lot of different ways. You can use that if you're selling teeth whitening, you know, on your website, um, and but other people can use that photo too. So other people can buy and download that photo and use it the same way that you're using it. Um, so it's stock, it's it's generic, and it's meant for mass commercial use. And you've um, seen that. Have you seen the same stock photo used for different brands? Oh, my God, yes. And you, yes. you know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I know a stock photo. So because I spend so much time working with images, I can spot a stock photo like... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And then when I see a new one, it's it's also the style um, that stock photos are traditionally shot in. So even if I've never seen the photo, that particular photo again, I can kind of look at a photo and go, oh, that's a stock photo. Somebody, you know, like it's a series of stock photos. And, and I can generally tell when it came from like um, one of the big sites because they have very specific strict requirements that do not nurture creativity. And so everything kind of starts to look the same. And does that help sell product? Be honest, in your experience, do they help sell products? No, I think Hmm. that it helps. I think in the beginning, you know, if you need a stock photo, a filler here or there, because it's, yeah, a filler, because it's way too difficult to like recreate um, something, what what you're looking to do or what you want that photo to, the need you want that photo to fill. um, I think that uh, it's fine. Right. You don't have to be original across the board, but um, but you cannot have a whole site or a whole Instagram feed or with the stock photos. You I've know. heard them called <laughs> holding photos. Right. So you're holding that space. You know, the real one's coming and this you got to get it out there because there's a million little nuances to launching. Right. And so you got to get something in there. But yes. you're not pushing it. Right. You just get it in there. You hold it there. So if somebody found it magically, boom, it's there. But it's not what your that's not your sales pitch yet. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people are on a, on a journey, right? So, um, they're on a journey and, you know, maybe they started on, uh, on Amazon and, you know, they're going to build a standalone site and they're, they're, they're inching their way there. And so in that sense, you know, it's fine. It's a holder. What did you, what did you say? The term was a holder photo. Yeah. Like a holder photo is what we, Mm -hmm. I've I've seen it done for private label. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's fine. I mean, until, until they can really, you know, build the momentum and create their own content and, and stuff like that. Um, and then there's manufactured photos. So you see this a lot. Um, 
everywhere actually because <laughs> uh, everywhere but especially when with uh, fashion e-commerce um, you see a lot of people just use the photos from the manufacturer so the manufacturer has to produce their photos so that they could sell they can show you what they're selling um, and most of the time those menu and I, I was a model in China so I can tell you this to like with 100% uh, fact behind it um, those photos are produced in China and so they don't exactly fit the demographic here. And, and I mean, I'm an outlier in the sense that I, I worked in Guangzhou, which is where a lot of the factories are and, and a lot of the manufact and a lot of the photos are produced. Um, I was an outlier in that sense, but most of them are not uh, fit, uh, targeted yeah. towards this audience. They're Alibaba quality. Yes. And, and, um, and they're, the photos are uh, modified a lot. So you don't know what you're really getting. Um, and, and if you turn around and use that photo in your e-commerce site to sell to your, uh, your customers, then you, and a lot of times you are misinforming them, you know, because misleading them because they, uh, they think they're buying what's in the photo and how it's going to look like, you know, on them is how it's going to look on the model in the photo. Um, and that's not necessarily so. And so um, if you can create, you know, your own product shots, and especially with the with fashion e-commerce, then you, that is better than using the manufacturer photos because it's more true to, true to life. And also you can create content that caters to your specific audience. And if your specific audience for, this is a very real situation that's been happening for the last like five or six years in the US. If your target audience is a plus size woman, size 14 to 16, then the photos that you're getting from China are not speaking to that mm. demographic. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, as a woman, uh, well, especially as a model, but as a woman, you, you're not buying that, correct? I mean, because it you're envisioning it on you. You don't. I mean, be honest. I mean, are you trying? Maybe you're a bad example to ask this question to. But the normal American woman. Are they, they see the, the, the young girl in the bikini on the beach and they want to envision themselves looking like that, of course. But then they, does reality hit and they say, okay, I know I wouldn't wear that. She can because she looks like that. I'm looking for something a little more my type. And is that, I mean, when they make a buying decision, which one are they buying? The girl on the beach or the realistic plus size model, your, your example? So, I, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, I do know exactly what you I, mean. It's a guy question. It's very uncomfortable for me, but yes, it's just something it's I want to know. Question. Tell the men um, that question. So, we don't know. Well, you know, there's a duality that happens in women's minds a lot of times where we don't understand. I, ideology, they would like to be that woman on the beach, you know, that model in that photo. And in reality, they have to buy a couple of sizes up and they don't have. The, the issue comes in when they don't have an example yeah. of what it's going to look like on okay. their body. And especially when, you know, a lot of the manufacturer photos from China are, the women are very small, right? So I mean, they're, they're not like, buying then. So if, like your example, where they don't have an example, they're just not buying because they they're either have... not buying. Yeah, they're either not buying or they're buying the large, right? And then they get it and, and it's not, it's, yeah. they're getting it and hoping and it's not a real large okay. because a large from a lot of these sites and a lot of these factories is not an American large, right? And it doesn't fit, you know? I mean, there's been a lot of uh, commentary about this, like a BuzzFeed even does these uh, listicles of women that bought things off of uh, Amazon from like Chinese sellers or from people that, you know, got the products from China um, on the Wish app, on eBay, they get it and it's not the real thing or it's supposed to be a large, but, uh, you know, they stretched the photo and <laughs> they made the woman's hips bigger and um, it really doesn't fit like that in real life. Um, and a lot of, especially because, and I'll say this, and I, I love guys and, you know, and everything, but a lot of the, a lot of guys are in, <laughs> are in the e-commerce space, right? And they're selling women's products and they're like, yeah, you know, this, this picture is fine. They don't see the value in creating new fashion pictures because they're like, oh, what's wrong with this woman? And can't you tell, can't you just like get in a couple of sizes smaller and it'll fit? 
and they don't know the nuances of sizing. And it makes no sense to us, you know. Yeah, I, and yeah. My wife, it drives her crazy. We'll walk into a store. I'll be like, "There's my size. I'm just going to buy those." She's like, "You got to try it on." I'm like, "I'm not trying it on. I wear the same size forever. I'm not. What do I need?" And then we'll go, and she'll be like, "Oh, that one doesn't fit." We'll we'll be there for an hour, and it's like, mm-hmm. "Are you kidding?" I mean, what? Wait, they're all don't the size on the tag matter? No, she tells me. No, no means nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my god." I mean, it is complicated. Now, she yeah. also does qualify and say that a man created it. And she always complains about that. <laughs> she always complains yes. about that. Yes. So that's a real issue, though. So so brands then, or so back to the bathing suit example. So is it okay then to show all the different size models and you kind of pick out the one that you are? I mean, is that, I mean, is that what you do on Amazon? Like it'd be a small, medium, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good example, but small, medium, and large of shoe, let's use that. Um, and you would show all three different examples. Maybe shoe isn't good, but you, you know what I mean? I get is where it, you're going. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm stumbling. So, I'm still stumbling over the, the whole uh, bathing suit thing still. <laughs> so here's what, what I did. Um, and I think this is a really good case study for this. Um, so, before, right around the time I started my product model, I was also selling on Amazon. And I somehow fell into selling these linen pants. And these linen pants are fold over their, they fold, the waist folds over. So they're not constricting and they stretch. And um, they came in like chocolate, beige, black, navy, white. They came in a bunch of different colors. And um, they sold them in standard sizes, small, medium, and large. And they sold them in plus sizes, 1X, 2X, 3X. And what I did originally was piggyback an existing listing that was selling these uh, these pants. Like, like, I don't know. They were selling them like so fast. And I piggybacked that listing. I had the inventory because I live, I live in Los Angeles and I live near... Uh, the fashion district. So I have access to a lot of showrooms, warehouses, and and a, a lot of stuff that I can just go and buy. And I have a, a reseller's license, so I can just go and pick up and, and sell. So I knew that if no matter what I sold, I could go get, and I knew where to get it. So I uh, fulfilled some orders. And I realized, I learned through the sales that I sold, I was selling a lot of 1X, 2X, and 3X in, in this cocoa color right? Cocoa and Navy were like my top colors. And so then I created a new listing. Um, and this was when Amazon was a little easier to kind of like manipulate and stuff. Um, I created a new listing and I redid the copy and I redid the title of listing and it was like plus size, like fold over plus size linen pants, something that was exactly what this audience was looking for. And I got a plus size model um, come in and put on these pants. And I really focused on showing the flexibility and how big, how much you could stretch the waist and how comfortable these, these pants were. So I had her walking down the street, you know, she didn't get like the thigh rub where the pants start bunching up between the thighs. Um, I focused on getting close-ups of the waistband and showing how comfortable it is around her belly. Um, and, and that is what I focused on because I real I, use, real use, and I learned that for this particular product, um, the most important size that I needed to show was the plus size. Um, and then we got to a point once I figured that out, I said, okay, well, I would like to start selling some smaller sizes because I'm going to be here with these plus size, sell out of plus sizes. I'm not going to have any small sizes. And so then I thought about how to create uh, images that captured the elegance and the comfortability of these fold over linen pants for a, a, you know, standard size, small, medium, large professional woman. And so I went out and I took pictures of me wearing these pants around my office and like meetings with high heels, you know, with linen tops. Like I, I, I made it look luxurious, but also comfortable. Like, like you would the linen that you would wear if you went on a vacation to a Hawaii. And, um, and, and so that's how I think of, that's how I think about things, right? It's like, you can't have a model, you know, there's not enough space on Amazon or in e-commerce sites to have a picture for every size there is. So figure out which size is your target demographic and then cater to that. We used a 2X model, so it's in between 1X and 2X, and we actually 
wrote in the copy that the model pictured here is a size 2X. So it doesn't take much imagination to think of what it would look like a size larger and a size smaller. Mm, um, so smart. And, and, and that's how we sold, removed those products. And honestly, we were selling like 25 to 50 units a day. Um, it was ridiculous. On like, we had like three or four listings. It was on each listing. It was ridiculous. Like, it was it was amazing. I mean, so if that I was left relatable week, for a woman then she could actually see herself there. Yes, she could mm, see herself so there, and she knew really what she was getting. And um, and I would do a little bit of research. So at first, we didn't do fulfilled by Amazon. We um, I fulfilled these orders myself, and I would look at where the addresses to where these people that were buying these pants were located. Sometimes I would even Google them and I would go on Facebook and I would look, I would Google them on, you know, search for them on Facebook and I would look at what they look like and what they did every day. And a lot of them, a lot of the women were sitting behind computers. They were plus size. They were sitting behind computers. They didn't like the pants um, squeezing in the middle of their waist, like after they sat for five or six hours and then you get water retention. And I'm a woman, so I know that no matter what size you are, Sitting and having something squeezing at your waist gets water retention in your legs and it makes you bloat, right? And and um, they wanted something comfortable. Um, some of the women wanted, it was the only pair of pants that they could wear in the winter um, because they couldn't fit a lot of the standard sizes for plus size. And, and because the, the waistband stretched so much, they could actually be like a 4X and they could wear a 3X. And and I, I just like really just researched my customer and I like, you know, spied on my customer to understand them more. But a lot of them were sitting all day. By doing that research and then showing the real use, you made the connection. So there's the lesson, right? That's, I was going to say, you know, what's the secret sauce? That's the lesson. And in mm -hmm. today's marketplace, is this pretty much the same across all marketplaces? Is that what you see? Uh, that's what I see. And honestly, like when we're creating content, that's what I do. I, I spy on the customer and, yeah. and it sounds kind of shady to say, but no, but um, back in the old days, right. They would have had, uh, they would have brought consumers in. They would have done this testing. They would have answered, asked all these questions, right. That That's the mm -hmm. way they used to do it, but yes. that cost gazillions of dollars, right. Mm -hmm. yes. And you could do this just as you described. So again, go back Make your product for your ideal customer. Go out and see what your ideal customer is going to do with it. And then that's the way you market to them. Real use. Ooh, I love that term. Real I'm going to take that term. Uh, I'm going to use it. I like it. <laughs> Please. It's just, it's, just so, it's just so it's so easy for me to, when I say it, it I get it. I actually get it. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that you guys have services, and so, um, you know, I'm going to throw this out here. So it's uh, myproductmodel.com is the name of the uh, website. And you can go out there and you can see so many examples. There's a million Amazon ads. All the Amazon listeners can go out there and see some examples of products that you've uh, helped bring to market. Um, and uh, a lot of companies. You guys have worked with a lot of different companies. So you've seen a lot of different things. Um Let's close it out with uh, types of services because one of the things that you were able to talk about is what it would take for somebody to get a product uh, model because that's that's scary, right? To be able to hire a model, hire a photographer, hire get a place to take those pictures and that. Can you talk us through what that would look like in you know in a short version? Sure. Um, you mean through us or, uh, well, or on their through own? Through you yeah. and then through you know uh, I guess what people can expect. Maybe that's the best way to say it. How, what would what should somebody expect? Maybe we can set some expectations so with us um we are a, a service as a product um so everything comes included uh photography model you know use of the product rare. we have the studio yeah um and so there are which is great but there are also some constrictions like it's the models that we have available it's the photographers that you know we have and it's, it's in our ecosystem so we can take control over that but we provide a good product for you um because when a customer has to do this on their own they have to go out there and source a photographer they have to get pricing they have to then go out and source models and they have to figure out you know when the model is going to show up if the model if the photographer is going to show up if the photographer is going to take their check and run if the model is actually going to show up on time um you know makeup uh, is very important um, hair, you I know, know is also about important. any of that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it takes a lot to make a photo look good. So it's not like, Oh, you can do your own makeup and you know, it's not like that. Um, or it's not even, you can do your own makeup and we'll fix it in Photoshop because some things you can't fix, um, or you shouldn't be trying to fix in Photoshop. Okay. Again, um, that's not the real use, right? Again, that's the yes. problem. 
that that's misleading. Mm. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, typically within like three to seven days, we deliver uh, your digital content to you um, and right to your inbox. Um, with working with all these, if you are doing this independently, then you have to like, contact the photographer. You know, a lot of times the photographers want to make as much money as they can. So they're trying to uh, charge you per image or, you know, per image, per retouching, per shot, et cetera. And, um, and that gets very expensive. Um, you oftentimes are not retaining the rights to those photos. Um, and so you're used to what those photos are limited with us. We give you, um, a license to use the photos, um, indefinitely for your marketing purposes for that particular, um, product. Um, and that's on your website, on Instagram, on you know, social media and so forth and so on. And so and we also try to educate you along the way on licensing, um, on how licensing works and so forth. So you don't get into any trouble down the line. Um, you get a full release of, from the model, um, from the photographer and, uh, from us. And, um, and we, you know, try to keep you very happy, um, in terms of giving you the content that you need. Um, we work a la carte, which means that you can purchase, uh, a service. It's very from us. inexpensive. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at your, I was expecting, I'm like, Oh God, here we go. It's going to be thousands. And I, I'm, looks like you have some enterprise stuff, but I mean, you'll do, you have stock photos that you can use. You, you'll create videos, product videos. That's huge right now. Everybody mm -hmm. needs that on Amazon. Um, and it's very inexpensive. All the prices are out here. Um, when you go to, again, myproductmodel.com, there's an order now. And you can actually see examples of the pricing. Um, blows my mind. I was expecting, to be honest with you, I was expecting it to be worse. Um, that's good. <laughs> that's good. No, yeah. just because, yeah. I mean, I understand. I mean, you know. But you guys have figured it out uh, at scale um, how to do it. So that's really awesome. Very yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I mean, it's really come down to us where we oh, I own the entire ecosystem. So I own the cameras, I own the studio. Um, you know, I've been in the modeling industry for a long time. I have, I still work, every, not every day, but quite often. And I have a lot of friends. Um, and, you know, and these people want to work. And so creating something affordable and accessible for small businesses or e-commerce entrepreneurs and also being able to employ um, people that, you know, it's getting harder and harder. It's more competitive to get work um, is really great. And um, and I really enjoy and like what I've created here and, and being able to bring these people together and the products. You know, as a you know. dad, I'm listening to you. Your father must be so proud because you went into a career that most people would be like, oh, you know, yeah, she's pretty, but, you know, we'll see. You never make any money. You never hear. You have figured out how to make a business. You didn't just yeah. take pictures. That Oh, man, I'm so impressed. As a dad? Oh, thank dad, you. Proud. I'm proud. <laughs> very proud. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, so if somebody wants more information, so myproductmodel.com my is the website. And, again, go out there and check the prices. Um, compare them against who you're getting your product model uh, photography from um, and see if how in line or out of line. That's always a good thing too. If somebody wants to follow with more questions, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, our email info at myproductmodel.com. Um, we're also on Instagram at myproductmodel. I know a lot of, of people like are. to, yeah, a lot of, of people like to are. instant message through there. Um, and uh, where else are we? Uh, basically, if you go, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. Right. Um, Instagram, Facebook, you know, our site, and uh, and everywhere else. We have a contact form on our website if you um, want to reach us through there as well. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I love it. Again. Thank proud you. Proud dad. How cool. Um, again, you know, I'm teasing about the dad thing, but I'm telling you, she, you know, had had a talent use the talent, but she's able to capitalize that. That's the art of what you're doing today. You have a skill set somewhere, so bring it into this Amazon world or this eBay world, whatever, and capitalize on it. Pay attention and utilize those skills, and she's doing a great job at it, and you can see it. Go out and check out the website and check out uh, a lot of the stuff that they've done. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.